8 o'clock. Appreciate you joining us. Jim, along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Avalanche lose last night. Fall to the Kings, 5-2. to two. Your level of concern about the Avalanche today? It's not great. Lost three of their last four, but... I just don't see this team making the kind of run. I don't think they get the Western Conference Finals this year. We got some opinions on that today. Text or call us 970-242-1340. I don't, and I don't want to be ye of little faith. I just no. It's just how the season looks right now. Dylan on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team text line summing it up pretty nicely. Avs have to get on it. They have 76 points. Everyone else above them has 80 or more. They got to rack up points. Maybe catch Minnesota for second in the Central. Third and fourth lines need to start scoring, and they cannot rely on McKinnon and Rantanen every single night. And that's that's exactly it. Now they got Evan Rodriguez to score one last night, but you know that's if that's all you're getting out of your third or fourth line guys, then you know maybe maybe just maybe you need to retool some things. We got a text from Robert this morning. Good morning, Dylan, by the way. Good morning, Robert. Appreciate you texting in today. The Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, which is 970-242-1340. Good morning, team. Is it true that Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded to the Jets? If so, Packer Nation is breathing a sigh of relief. Aaron needs a change of scenery. I wish Aaron the best. However, please tell me, team, how can anyone complain while making $60 million with great working conditions to boot? Have a great weekend. I think in the case of Aaron Rodgers, Robert, he doesn't like the way this offense is now constructed. He felt because he made the comment, I feel like I'm becoming more of a game manager. So from that working condition standpoint, he's not happy. He doesn't feel like they're great working conditions. There's a, there's a difference. It's kind of like being in a rock band. You get a difference. You get a, you get differing opinions. Okay. I'm going to use an example here. All right. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Stan Lynch was the drummer for the Heartbreakers forever. Stan Lynch ended up leaving. Of course, he's just he's a drummer, and let's be honest, unless they're John Bonham or Keith Moon or Neil Parrott from Rush or somebody like that, eh, drummers are just drummers. But Stan Lynch thought he had a far more impactful role with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Right. And he didn't like some of the direction that Tom was going. He thought it was getting away from what they did. And so he didn't like it. And Tom said, last time I checked, it's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Last time I checked, your name is not Tom Petty. Not the Heartbreakers featuring Tom Petty. It's You feel free to go do what you want to do, Stan, because we're going to do what, what I want to do, what Mike Campbell wants to do, what Ben Mott wants to do. That's the direction we're going. And and so and Howie Epstein at that time, and so Stan Lynch left. And so I think you feel I think there's a feeling in the part of of Aaron Rodgers that he doesn't like the direction they're going. Not to say that he's Stan Lynch. He's way more Tom Petty than Stan Lynch. Right. But he doesn't like the direction. You've heard this. How many times you've heard this where guy doesn't like the direction of the band? Doesn't like the kind of music they're playing, doesn't like like the personnel addition that they made at base or whatever, that he doesn't like the direction that Matt LaFleur has this team going offensively with the departure of his buddy, Nathaniel Hackett. Who is now 
the offensive coordinator of the, the New York Jets. And so you have in this case, this is like Tom, if Tom Petty was on the rest of the guys in the band, you know, Stan Lynch and Ben Montench and Howie Epstein and, and Mike Campbell said, hey, Tom, this is what we're going to do. You, if you don't like it too bad, but this is what we're going to do. And and Tom goes, fine, I'm going to go start my own band then. You guys go pound, go pound sand. And so in the case of Aaron Rodgers, doesn't like the direction they're going. He's unhappy about it. And so he wants to go play in a new band with his former bandmate buddy, Nathaniel Hackett. And it's looking very much like that's probably going to happen. Could happen this weekend. The Jets brass flew out to California to meet with His Majesty, King Aaron, at you know, at, at his um, you know, with his blessing and with the with the Packers blessing too. Because they they just look at this as it's it's probably time for this to end. Aaron Rodgers is still a really good quarterback. There are far less doubts about him than there are about one Russell Wilson right now. In terms of what they can still bring to the table. Rodgers! This guy double check! How yeah. hilarious would it be, too, that like his predecessor, Brett Favre, goes to the Jets. He goes to the Jets. So get ready, Vikings fans, 2024, <laughs> to see, to Aaron, see Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers in, in, in the purple. By the I way, mean, it just it is. It's just so ironic, isn't it? It's just so weird that this would play out the more the, the things, same way. The more things change, the more things stay the right. same. Did you see uh, Adam Schefter's tweet that he uh, not directly related to? It, and it is, and it isn't. So he he sends out this very cryptic tweet that says, "And the Jets just agreed to a trade." Dot 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 dot. And so that, of course, set Jets fans on fire. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. Here's Super Bowl. Here we come. Next tweet. Jets agreed to send a 2024 seventh-round pick to the Ravens in exchange for safety Chuck Clark. (laughs) Not exactly the – Gotcha. He – Adam Schefter knew exactly what he was doing. For as much of a occasional Delta Bravo Adam Schefter can be, that was kind of funny. I'll give him that is that is pretty good. I'll give him props for that. Not too bad. Pretty funny. All right, it's time to go. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis show. All right. Start things out with uh, the Broncos today. Look for the Broncos to try to create a lot of cap relief. Look for the Broncos to cut a lot of guys. Oh, that uh, according to one Woodrow Page of the Denver Gazette. Woody. That, uh, once again, not always the most reliable guy when it comes to these things. He has his moments. For me, there's, when you're, when you're covering, the, when, the, when you want to read stuff about the Broncos, Cody's pretty dialed in. Cody Rourke, My Life Sports. Benjamin Albright. Yep. 850 KOA. Very dialed in. Much as Cliss can be... A mouthpiece. Yeah, just... Basically, getting information out for the Broncos that they don't want to release themselves. Cliss is usually pretty spot on with stuff for the most part. Right. Woody, Woody's pretty hit and miss. So, but these are names I think that there are no surprise to anybody that that might be released. 
For example, Graham Glasgow. He gone. Ronald Darby. He gone. Chase Edmonds and Mike Purcell. He gone. That those those guys are most likely are going to be gone. Broncos currently have the 16th most available cap space with 9.734 million. Uh, that according to SportTrack.com. So if they do that, they cut those guys. They save about thirty million dollars. I was going to say I, I I thought I saw that somewhere that releasing some of the names would net them thirty million in cap space. Now the question is, what do you do with that cap space? Because you got a lot of holes to fill. But those guys that they're releasing, Graham Glasgow, really? Okay, that I mean, as far as your, as as, oh, we got to keep him. Oh, no, no, you don't. Yeah, you really don't. hasn't worked out since the Broncos got him as a free agent from Detroit. It's, he's been hurt. It's never worked out. Ronald Darby did not work out at all. No. And Damari Mathis and his emergence last year sealed his fate. Chase Edmonds, who they got in the uh, Bradley Chubb deal. He was kind of a late addition, but he didn't. Well, I don't think he turned out terribly. They've got, But they can find better options when it comes to Frazier running backs. And this is also not even counting that they hope at some point Javante Williams will be healthy. Exactly. And, you know, will will that be a Miles Sanders? Will it be a David Montgomery? I heard the name Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's a possibility. And then Mike Purcell, where Purcell's been a really good story. Colorado prep standout. Yeah. You know, pretty good against the run. But let's face it, those guys, those four guys, are not guys that are going to have tremendous amount of impact going forward. No. So if you can cut them and save $30 million, you do it, and you do it tomorrow as soon as you possibly can. And as far as dead money goes, they only have like $6 million in dead money. So it would be a huge, huge move to help the Broncos in terms of their cap space releasing those four guys. So one of the free agents that they could pursue... Could be a guy that, it's weird to say this. Oh, no. Denver defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. It's just weird to say it. Doesn't feel good. It's like underwear that's two sizes too small. Things are getting smushed. It's not not comfortable. Oh, no. Things are riding up. It's not good. Yeah. It's an uncomfortable feeling. I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) That um, because of Vance Joseph and his connection with Cardinals defensive end, free agent defensive end, Zach Allen, that the Broncos have a lot of interest in Zach Allen. According to Cardinals reporter, and this is through a Mile High Huddle, by the way, but the Cardinals longtime reporter, Mike Jurassic says the Broncos have a lot of interest in signing Allen, who could get around about $12.5 million on the open market. Okay. So he's the third-round pick in 2019, started 35 games for the Cardinals, become an every-down player under... The tutelage and the oversight of Vance Joseph, 6'4", 281, played at Boston College. And he had an outstanding season this year. He set career highs and with 10 tackles for loss, 25 quarterback pressures, 20 quarterback hits, five and a half sacks, and eight pass breakups. Joseph raved about Allen last September, quote, as a rusher, He's winning. The ball is coming out fairly fast, and he's winning his one-on-ones. Zach's one of our guys that we can count on playing good each week, and he's done that for us. It's only 25, and could very well be your Draymond Jones replacement. 
if the Broncos can't get anything done with Draymond Jones. Although, let's be clear, I think Broncos country would agree that if you can get something done with Draymond Jones, that should be your your first, ultimately, priority. And But I think Denver could look at this with, with Allen, though, and say, okay, guys are comparable age. I think Draymond's like a year old or something like that. That you're only going to pay Allen $12.5 million only. We use those terms like, yeah. oh, like it's like it's twelve dollars oh, and fifty cents. It's in my couch. Hang on. Exactly. Let me dig that out of my pocket. Okay. That or grab it out of my kid's piggy bank. Right. That I think there's the feeling that with with Draymond, it you know just a touch under twenty million dollars in the franchise tag. Free agency probably gonna be more like twenty five, twenty six million. That they can get comparable production from Allen at a bargain price. Which goes back to what Buckeye talked about, where, you know, the Denver's had luck with finding the Shelby Harris's, the guys like that, the Malik Jackson's, and they've been able to move on and find somebody else. This could be kind of that same deal. I just feel like Draymond Jones has the ability to become, not that he's going to be Aaron Donald, no, but I think he could be in that, in that kind, upper of, tier, yeah. kind of conversation. Kind of A-tier D lineman that's going to, help a team collapse a pocket in the pass rush be a really good run to stopper but i think there's the feeling at least from what i keep reading and seeing that that they think zach allen has that kind of potential with of course the endorsement of the guy that coached him in vance joseph so i i could see that i could see that happening that you could see the broncos say okay draymond we're you know they'll negotiate because they have the Ability to exclusively negotiate with him right now. And if that doesn't work out, they go, okay, Allen's the the guy that's going to replace him. Uh, ESPN NFL insider Jeremy Fowler can talk about free agency for the Broncos. He thinks he'll be one of five teams that will be really, really, really active in free agency. Whether it's getting a guy like Allen, getting uh, Mike McGlinchey, Orlando Brown, how big would it be if they got Orlando Huge. Brown? As we talked about yesterday, solves a problem with tackle in a big, big way. He's one of the best tackles in football, and he hurts your number one rival, the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, that would be. If that happens. That would be fantastic. But there's some really good tackle options in free agency. Caleb McGarry from the Falcons, which Sean Payton got to see during his time in, in New Orleans. Jawan Taylor had a really good season for Jacksonville this year. He did. You got McGlinchey, who's considered one of the, the best tackles in football. Brown, obviously. I mean, there's there at least in free agency, there's a lot to look at, a lot of options out there for the Broncos. So we continue to go around the NFL talking Broncos, uh, NFL, and even some XFL coming up here in just a oh, moment. Yeah. So um, the Broncos from the on the at the athletic, excuse me, uh, Nick Cosminder has put together his Broncos mock draft 2.0, where he sees the Broncos perhaps trading down and trying to add on the offensive line. So he has round three, pick number 67 from Indianapolis, Luke Wolper, Wappler, excuse me, who is a center at Ohio State. Wappler, 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 oh. Wappler. <laughs> Sorry. Five minutes to Wappler. Wappler was the 
95th prospect on the Athletics Consensus Big Board when it was updated last month. Feeling is he'll be picked higher than that. Finished first among centers in the 40-yard dash, 5, 5.14 seconds. Doesn't hurt to have a guy who can get downfield and throw some blocks. But, yeah. Uh, third among offensive linemen in the 20-yard shuttle. Played two college seasons after redshirting in 2020. So, young guy, athletic guy, because it's fairly evident that they're going to replace Lloyd Cushenberry at center. Yeah. But that's, that's a done deal. Also round three, number 79 from Indianapolis, Blake Freeland, offensive tackle from BYU. That uh, Cosminder uh, mocks that the Broncos make a third-round trade with Colts GM Chris Ballard for the second straight season, moving back 11 spots in the third round to get two extra picks. And that Freeland's 86th on the consensus big board and another player who impressed at the Combine. 4.98 in the 40-yard dash. Third fast among offensive linemen. That's not bad. And he has a 37-inch vertical leap that set a combine record for offensive linemen. So a big athletic guy at the tackle spot. 6'8", 302. Let's go. Feeling as though needs to get a little bit stronger to play at the NFL level. Fair. And for the Broncos, if they draft him, it would be their first selection of a true offensive tackle since Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles, 2017. They also have round four, pick 106, Brian Young, defensive lineman from Alabama. That Because uh, that's another area both lines need to be bolstered, and uh, Young would help out in that department. Also, uh, round four, pick 108, Cosminder mocks Isaiah McGuire, the edge rusher from Missouri, be selected by the Broncos there. And then uh, round five, pick 139, Dorian Williams, linebacker from Tulane. So, got Josie Jewell in the final year of his deal. Alex Singleton, who had a big, big season for the Broncos, coming over as a free agent from Philadelphia. Uh, Sean Payton has called, or excuse me, George Payton's called him a, a baller after his uh, breakout performance, but he is an unrestricted free agent, and there's going to be a market for him. Broncos did the exclusive rights free agent in Jonas Griffith. He missed eight games last season due to injury, though. And Justin Sternad, who just kind of keeps hanging around, the fifth-round pick, who played mostly on special teams. So another area where Denver's going to have to address you know, some some lack of depth and, and starters as well mm-hmm. at the inside linebacker position. And Dory, Dorian Williams is a guy that uh, could do that. He had 132 tackles, five sacks, seven pass breakups, two picks, and two, four, two forced fumbles this past season. And a career-high 17 tackles in Tulane's win over USC in the Cotton Bowl. All right, we continue on around the NFL. A couple things to, uh, to get to. Odell Beckham has a workout scheduled today with the Arizona Cardinals. So Odell Beckham Jr. could be finding a new home, perhaps with the Arizona Cardinals. Also, that... Uh, Sauce Gardner hints Sauce. at, at a, a package deals if the Jets land Aaron Rodgers. So uh, this is through Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic. Gardner had uh, some interesting, interesting things to say on a live stream about uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation. He was on there with receiver Garrett Wilson and running back Brees Hall. Gardner said, if Rodgers joins the team, it's package deals all over. I can't tell you, but I just know. It's unclear what he meant, but it's possible he's referring to 
one or more of the various players Rodgers has said he wants the Packers to keep one of the want the Packers to keep Rodgers to stay. Tied in Mercedes Lewis, receiver Randall Cobb, tackle David David Bakhtiari, receiver Alan Lazard, and tied in Robert Tanyan. All but Bakhtiari will be free agents next week. Mm. So what Gardner's getting at is he wants to bring the band with him from Green Bay. It is getting the band back together. It's, like it's Hackett. It's Hackett as your OC again. OC. Gets his buddy, his safety blanket, Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis. Lazard. Tanyan. Lo- he loves Tanyan. And it's keeping the band together. But going to New York. Going to change the name of the band. They're getting out of Wisconsin and heading to Broadway. If Rodgers goes to the Jets, does he become the biggest star in New York? Because you think about who's there right now. That ain't Daniel Jones. It's not Daniel Jones, not Saquon. I mean, they're they're popular, but... It ain't Zach Wilson, that's for sure. I mean, think about it. In right now, New York sports... Aaron Aaron Judge. Ju- Aaron Judge. I don't think you're John Carlo, but I, I mean, you're going to go up against Aaron Judge. Oh, I, I think Rogers, Rogers, no offense to Aaron Judge, who's an incredible talent. We're talking about Rogers here, man. Yeah, but if Judge hits 61 homers and takes the Yankees to the World Series, that you're never going to hear the end. But of we're it. talking about the controversy machine that is Aaron Rodgers, the guy that's going to say stuff, do stuff. Here's what'll happen, though. Here's what I think will happen. Right, so you get to October. October, you know, late October, the Jets are probably like, yeah, let's say like five and seven, maybe. You know, they're kind of middle of the road. They they won a couple, they lost a couple. They they're they're inconsistent. Yankees, hundred plus games won. AL East division winners. They're on their way to the ALCS. Maybe even win the ALCS. And look, I'm going to say something here, and this, and I, you know, I love foot, I love baseball, love, love, love baseball. Football's still king in this country, though. Football's football is the number one, but sport in this country, and it's and it's Aaron Rodgers. It's it's not it's not Derek Carr, who Derek Carr would be one of the more well known figures in, in New York, no doubt about that. He's the Jets' quarterback, and they've got a great defense, and they've got a lot of. A lot of promising things for that football team. And Wilson at the receiver spot. Brees, I've always liked Brees Hall. Right. Rodgers is... He's... He's he's like Joe Namath. In, term, in terms of how people view him. Yeah. He's, because he's controversial. He's going to do stuff that draws attention. And it's going, going to draw even more attention in a place like New York City. I like Aaron Judge, but Aaron Judge is just, he's the guy that keeps his head down, just goes to the ball yard, does his thing. I just feel like by the time we get to the middle of the NFL season and the end of the MLB postseason, the Jets are going to be kind of maybe middle of the road at best. And Aaron Judge and the Yankees could very well be flying high, or they could be terrible. But what if Rodgers goes there and plays well? He balls out and he's incredible. Well then, then I would like to point out that technically the Jets play in New Jersey. So- okay, okay, 
Okay, really? Really? You're going to play that? They play a New Jersey card? They, it's, it's Jersey. It's East Rutherford. Come on. Got the Yankees there in the Bronx. Really? I'm okay. I'm. I've never been more ashamed of you to play that. Am I wrong? To play that card. Am it's the I New wrong? York media market. Okay. They play in New Jersey. So the do the only, Giants. The only true football team that plays in New York <sighs> is the Bills. Really, that's you're gonna you're gonna take that as your fallback position. Well, I don't really play in New York, so he can't be the biggest media star in New York because they play in New Jersey. That's that's what you're gonna you're gonna play that card today. He'll huh? be he'll be the biggest star in New Jersey. Ooh. No one's gonna argue that. Fortunately, we got Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex coming up. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on this. What's up, Jackson? Yeah. So um, it's time to it's time to play. We're in the. I'm just I'm flabbergasted. It's like <laughs> it's like your thing about Dave Davis Webb. I'm just a little flabbergasted today. I'm a flabbergasted Friday. Time to play. Where in the world is Tyler Franson? Please. Carmen San Diego. Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. Cannot hide I will find you. Better be good, man. Better be good today. You know what's funny? We'll get to the clue in a second. Well, he doesn't play in New York. Want to tell people that this is your chance to win beer, case of fat tire from New Belgium Brewery. Use a couple right now. High country beverage. Must be 21 or older. Please send in the answer to the. Text line 970-242-1340. Again, must be over 21. And if you've won the last two weeks, please sit it out. Please don't play. And it's funny. We mentioned New York. There's a stereotype about New Yorkers retiring to Florida that only gets reinforced when one of New York's most well-known sports figures has a 10,000-seat stadium named after him in Florida. And for those wondering, yes, his team does play there in the spring and has been since 1996. Where in the world <laughs> is me? Text in your answers, 970-242-1340. And you can win a case of beer. Beer from New Belgium Brewery. It's Fat Tire from our friends at iCountry Beverage. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back talk some hockey with Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. That's next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. By the way, this hour brought to you by... Our friend over at Country Financial. Preston Lee at Country Financial believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today on... Uh, Free for all Friday. Anything that's on your mind today, send it our way. Text to call 970-242-1340. Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex with us. In studio for the first time in two weeks. It seems like it's been forever, man. Back. 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 Home court advantage today. All right. Got to love that. Always love uh, the home cooking, man. Oh, absolutely. Discount double check. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to give uh, Cake a little grief for his... Well, it's technically not New York. It's, technically, it's New Jersey. It's New Jersey. I hate guys like you sometimes, Cake. <laughs> Ooh. I love I love you to death. It's New It's New York. It's the like. All right, fair. fair. It's It's the Jets. Fair. It's the Giants. Like you know, I I also agree that it is ridiculous they play in New Jersey in East Rutherford. But also with that being said, it's there's still the New York teams. It's just too big of a market, you know. You put them in, you know. It's just like the Chicago Bears go to Arlington Park, right? Like exactly, they'll be in Arlington Park, but also like you know, they're 
Chicago, and it's different, different state. I get, I get where you're coming from. There I was, do. There was talk I at do. one point they were going to build a stadium in Gary, Indiana, because it's right across the border, because the lands there super cheap. There you go. And I'd, they were still going to be the Chicago Bears, though. I'd love to see what Tower says on that. <laughs> That, that goes well, you, down. You, you but it, it, it didn't happen. But you it was can't really call here. them the Gary Bears. <laughs> the Gary, Gary Bears. <laughs> it's like a great name. Because shot offshoot of the Care Bears. The Gary Bears. Oh, God. Have they're, Butkus Bear and Peyton Bear. They're and 45 years old. They've got a beer gut. McMahon Bear pulls his pants down and moons the helicopter as it flies <laughs> over. And <laughs> you got Smoking Jay Cutler Bear. and. With smoking a little, Jay, a hanging out of his mouth. God, we need something like that to come back—the smoking Jay Cutler stuff. <laughs> I know that was I'm, a classic. I'm, I miss that. I really do. I oh, do. I love it. Uh, Avalanche lose last night, five yeah. to two. They uh, you know, down two goals on two different occasions. Can't fight their way back, and you definitely got the sense from Jared Bednar that there's there's something missing from a fight standpoint in this team, a competitive point in, in this team that like there's talented as all get out, but there's just something missing right now yeah. about this team. Kind of, kind of take us through that a little bit because there seems to be a frustra- frustration there from Bednar. Yeah. About I, that. I think that he's frustrated that they just don't seem as hungry as they need to be with these guys out of the lineup. And when you're taking on teams like LA who is hungry just to get into the playoffs right you know it's it's tough so they're at game 60 out of maybe 65 out of 82 right so they're getting into the thick in the end of the season and they're playing these teams that are scrapping to get into the playoffs and they're just not looking like they want to no, I guess they're they're not. It doesn't look like they're willing to necessarily go that extra mile to like win some of these net front battles and just try and get in there and get scrappy and start scrums and you know get fights going. And you know, as much as I hate them, sometimes the Kachuk brothers, for example, Brady Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk, they start up, they scrum it up. They you know they they play those mind games in hockey that are you know I, I don't want to say important, but. The gamesmanship is what part part of hockey that they do so well because they'll sit there and they'll get under guys' skin and they'll be able to fight and they'll be able to play a different style of hockey. And it seems like the Avs are missing that, you know, I don't want to like that that cadre effect of someone who can just get on like you know. Right. Sometimes you need a goal That's to a throw pest. a water bottle at you during. Yeah, you just he, and, and he he could score clutch goals. He was a pest. Yeah, they a missed pest. The yeah, great word. I I think they're missing a pest. Like, and you know, and and although obviously those guys stink, like when when you're playing against them, but like in a game like hockey, you need a guy like that on your team. Like, you need a guy that can kind of stir it up, get under the other team's skin. You know, maybe they don't have that guy. Maybe their attention on the yeah. other team gets driven away, and you know, because they're focused on this guy, and they don't, and, and they and they really don't. And, and they miss Landy too. Right. I mean, he's thirty goal scorer. Well, His leadership in the dressing room. It's because when a guy's rehabbing, I, I mentioned this earlier, Jackson, you're you're somewhat rem- you're removed from the team. You're doing your own thing. You're rehabbing. You're trying to get back. You're not around the guys every day. You're not on road trips. Right. His influence, which is so important as the captain, just isn't there day to day. As as good as a leader is, and then Kale McCarr's trying to fill that void. McCarr, you know, with the comment the other day, we Buckeyes giving him crap about it. I'm like yeah. I see what he's trying to do. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we tend to lose when I'm on the ice. Yeah. He's trying to absorb. They look. It's we are all in this together, including somebody like myself. What a hockey guy for saying that. By I know. Right. He's, he's, he's literally the best defender in the world. He's like, oh well, it looks like every time I come back in the lineup, we lose. I'm, I'm playing like garbage, <laughs> which which is yeah. not true. 
No, and, and, he, and he made the comment last night. We needed to approach last night like it's a playoff game. Mm-hmm. We did not approach last night like it was a playoff game. Yeah, and and the Kings have gotten a lot better. Like, and you know, but they should beat them. Like that's the thing. Like the Avalanche should be beating that team. There's not, and I've said on this program before, like there's not a lot of Western Conference teams in the NHL right now that I feel I can compete with a lot of these Eastern Conference teams. So like, one, the path seems a little bit smoother, but also like if we can't even beat the Kings in a in a game because the yeah. boys don't look like they have jump, like what are we doing? I, exactly. We need to do it. If, if you get to the Cup Final, it's Boston. Got to pull. You got to yeah. pull some hungry kid up from the AHL that's just willing to chuck some nucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Exactly. Be scrappy. Be that pest. Be yeah. get a little little fight in in this in this team right now. And something else Bednar mentioned last night about the Avs being stubborn with the puck at the blue line. Yeah. And take us through what he means by that. Um, I think he's talking about his zone entries. So you know, basically one of the parts of hot. There's three zones in hockey. You have your D zone. You have the neutral zone. And the offensive zone. And there's kind of different strategies when you go through each zone and usually through the neutral zone when you have puck possession you want to try and go fast and you want to try and enter into the offensive zone smoothly and timed up with all of your guys so everyone can have speed going across the blue line into the zone i think what he's talking about is they got to they either trying to force something too much where they had an idea of how to beat the Kings into the zone where either it's possession by skating or dumping it or chipping it or passing go, it or whatever. Fighting for the puck, battle for the puck. Battling for the puck. They just can't get smoothly across. And, 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 and then the other stubbornness, I think, part of it is that they're just forcing a play or trying to figure something out, and they're not willing to – let the play develop or come to them. And we have a saying in hockey, too, you know, take what's given, right? Because it's such a flowy, quick sport. There's not a lot of whistles until, you know, the goalie covers it or penalty offsides, all that stuff. So you got you to take what's given. So, you know, if, if the right play is to dump the puck deep and go lay a hit on the defenseman and try to gain that puck back, that's the right play. If the right play is to skate it across, you got to do it. You can't go in with a one-directional mindset of like, okay, here's exactly what we're going to do, and dang it, we're going to do it. Right. Right, and that's the definition of insanity, just doing something over and over and over. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and that, as a coach, personally, and, you know, seeing from Bednar, it it drives you nuts when, like, you're just like, boys, like, just take the flow. Like, just take what's given. You know what I mean? Like, and then develop off of that. Don't be stubborn, you know? Absolutely. Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex with us. Uh, you took the team over to the front range. Yep. Uh, congratulations on a on a championship with the 18U team. Yep, 18U. So that team is our you know our our, our 18U rec team is basically what we're trying to develop into a high school team eventually. Um, you know, this was a lot of these kids first year back in hockey this season, uh, playing. Uh, they didn't play for three years, two years. There just wasn't one wasn't a high school team available for them. And then number two, we had the uh, facility shut down, obviously out here, but. They went back. They've been working their butts off all year. They got a runner-up banner at a tournament, I want to say, President's Day or MLK weekend. And then they go out there this past weekend, and they just ran show. And um, super proud of those guys. Um, you know, the coach, Billy Dressel, has done a great job with them all year. We have our captain, Anthony Scumberdez, uh, works down at the rink. Just great kid. You know, super hardworking, deserves all that. Um, I think I got I, two more seniors. I got a kid named Owen Banger. And um, oh man, I'm trying to think if we have a uh, third. Oh, T T Grinzy, and and those guys are just they're awesome. Like they've been working all year. Um, 
Teague's the man. He could have decided to go play on that Glenwood team, um, which just uh, lost in a triple overtime for a state championship game. Cheyenne Mountain. To Cheyenne Mountain. 0-0, zero, zero, too, by the way. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And, and Cheyenne Mountain, 16 Jesus. state titles. But uh, that that was what an incredible, incredible game, though. Yeah, one nothing loss in a triple overtime. And I played for, I know we're jumping around here, but I played for, my high school coach was that Glenwood coach because I played high school hockey up there before they were Chassa in Glenwood Springs. So Tim Coda, who is the um, coach of that team, is a is a dear friend of mine. And, and we get to have awesome conversations now as I'm a director and coach too. But, you know, oh, man, I was I, I my heart goes out to those guys because they did so great. And that game had to just be one of the most I, – I got bits and pieces of it. But, I mean, a 0-0 zero to zero triple overtime hockey game. Good God, that's, that's a slugfest right that's, there. That's a hundred percent, and and you know there's like posts and you know like yeah. scr- like scrums and friends just like puck loose in front of the oh net and somebody God. sweeps it away. Sometimes or you just can't force that little vulcanized rubber <laughs> across the crease, man, or across the goal line. It's pretty wild, but do want to acknowledge the three Fruit of Monument students that played on that Glenwood team: uh, Caleb Holm, Braden Schwetman. And Chase Pennell, so uh, they were members of that uh, yep. state uh, runner-up team in Glenwood. Yeah, no, we've um, if if you if you look at this past week and weekend of high school hockey, basically for Grand Junction, I mean we're freaking killing it, and it's so exciting to see all that. And I mean we we started with a team of you know bad, bad news bears, and and these guys and these kids put it together, and you know. And, and we're working to try and create high school hockey out here. And, you know, and, and they want it. Like, they're helping themselves. And those three guys I mentioned understand that they would not be a part of the direction headed forward because they are aging out and they do go to college and stuff. But they're like, hey, like, this is our first 18U team and we are going to set the bar, coach, so you can help build off of it. And and it's, you know, selfless. It's just super. They, they get the direction our program's headed. And it's so valiant to have those guys who are like, hey, I'm 17. I know I'm going to college next year. I know what you're trying to do, Jackson. But, like, you know, like, like we're, we're going to help you, buddy. Like, like right. I have, like, I, I'm not going to benefit from this other than just being proud of the organization moving forward. And, and that culture right there is what's going to get us, you know, Chassa Hockey eventually. And I'm just super, I'm super proud of those kids. Like, and they just work there butts off all year. I wanted to say something else. But. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you slammed on the brakes. Fortunately, I have the, the, the dump over here, so if, if that oh. would have happened. If, so if I if I decide to go off one day, you can just start bleeping Well, <laughs> well I prefer you not, but we do have that capability. Shorzy, yes. just go, go off Shorzy mode? <laughs> no, it's, uh, we, I prefer not to hit the button unless I absolutely have to. I didn't to. even know there was a button, so that's good. Yeah. Though. Yeah, the little red button right there. Over oh, there. yeah. It's red. No, it's that red. is yeah. It's, it's red. It makes it easy for me to find. Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. If you want information about a hockey, skating, curling, anything, go to rivercitysportplex.com. It's time to jump into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, name we have not heard in a very long time. Sean Kemp, former NBA All-Star Sean Kemp. Father of a multitude of children out there. Oh. Kind of Practically a Johnny Appleseed back in the day. But anyway, um, Adam Farber, spokesperson for the Pierce County Prosecutor's Office in Washington, said, and an e- actually wrote an email statement to ESPN on Thursday, that no charge have been filed against Kemp after an alleged shooting incident. The um, 53-year-old Kemp has also been released from jail pending further investigation. 
Kemp was arrested Wednesday after an alleged altercation involving a gun. He was formally booked into the Pierce County Jail on one count of drive-by shooting, Ugh. a Class B felony in the state of Washington. He played for the Seattle Supersonics back in the day. In a statement, his attorney disputed that a drive-by shooting had occurred. Bo- uh, his attorney, W. Scott Boatman, said that Kemp's vehicle had been broken into the Kemp's iPhone as well as the items that was stolen. Kemp then, Kemp then tracked down the iPhone to an occupied car in a Tacoma parking lot and was shot at after approaching the vehicle. Bowman said that Kemp's actions were reasonable and legally justified because apparently Kemp returned fire in self-defense. Can current and or former NBA stars stop it with the guns, please? Stop it, guys. Stop it. Why, why aren't they out hunting or something? What are, we, what are we doing, boys? What are we doing? Just... So we also have second down. Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon, his sister named a suspect in a shooting incident inside uh. the running back's house. His sister's been named a suspect in the incident at uh, the Bengals' star home on Monday night. A Hamilton County Sheriff's Office incident uh, where incident report was obtained by TMZ states that Shalonda Mixon, Joe's older sister, has been named a suspect along with one other person. Police say a group of teenagers are playing a game with Nerf guns near Mixon's home in Anderson Township, Ohio. One of the participants, a 16-year-old boy, ran alongside Mixon's house. Documents state that unknown suspects fired off a total of 11 rounds to the teenager, striking him in the foot with a bullet as he ran away. They're playing with Nerf guns inside the house. They're playing with real guns. Yikes. We have to, there's going to have to be negative points on fantasy sports associated with gunplay. I think so. You get, you get, you get dropped down a ridiculous. couple of points. Yeah. Third and fourth down. Uh, third and fourth down are non-gun related, thankfully. <laughs> World Baseball Classic Spring Training crossover episode the other day. The Colorado Rockies facing Team Mexico. Or, as it was put on the mobile scoring app display that I saw someone post to Twitter, The Mexico. Nice. The Mexico. It they were because okay. they were like it was they were trying to say like the Rockies facing the uh, Mexico. Mexico. Not just any Mexico. The Mexico. The Mexico. There's Except no one. substitute. Fourth down, showing a little school pride for my Monarch High School Coyotes girls basketball team making it to the final four this weekend in the six A state tournament. Good luck. Beat Arapaho Saturday, Scoyotes. I didn't know you're a Monarch guy. I am a Monarch guy. I'm a. That's where one of the guys that comes out and runs summer camps out here is the assistant coach on Monarch's hockey team. They Fair. play. They play out of my old rink. Nice. I'm, I'm a Monarch guy. Very cool. Very cool. I yeah. love it. Jackson, always great to see you. Hawk Hacker Classic River Hawk Golf Tournament, April second. Okay. Make sure you plug that again next week. Yeah, I will. Yeah, come play some golf. Hack it up, Hawk Hacker. Sounds good. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Jeremy Bryant, who covers Angelo State basketball, joins us next on the Team Sports Network. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line. 970-242-1340. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee, a country financially believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let them help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Joining us right now, he covers Angelo State. Jeremy Bryant. Jeremy, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. You came on uh, during the, the baseball regional, and now we talk a little uh, Rams basketball today. 
Hey, good morning, Jim. I know it feels like we have to do this at least once or twice a year. Uh, our baseball teams have played each other a few times in uh, regionals, and, and now time for the men's basketball teams to face off. Of course, tomorrow night, 6.30 in Canyon, Texas. Angelo squares off against Colorado Mesa. And one of the, the common threads between these two teams, Jeremy, great defense. The, the Mavericks led the RMAC uh, this season uh, in, in defense, and Angelo State second to Texas A&M International in that department at 65.5 points per game couple of really good defensive teams. What makes Angelo State so tough on the defensive end? Well, first off, they got one of the best defensive players in the nation, uh, Steve Webb, who was uh, a four-time defensive player of the year, three times in the uh, Great Lakes Valley Conference and this year in the Lone Star Conference. Uh, he's kind of the catalyst as far as defense goes, the Ohio guard, uh, you know, the, t- the, the top player always of the opponent. And, and really, it's, it's Coach Vinay Patel. This, Angelo State was not really expecting this type of season. His first year over at ASU, he came over from uh, Northeastern Oklahoma, a uh, smaller Division II program. And, you know, he had success always everywhere he's been. But for a first year, this was not a 25-win season and, you know, almost a Lone Star Conference Tournament Championship, co-champs of the LSC in the, in the West, and just a lot of different uh, accolades that uh, I think even Coach Patel told me he was not expecting a season like this. Jeremy Bryant covers Angelo State. Joining us today on the Team Sports Network. Mavericks get uh, the Rams tomorrow night here on the Team CMU Sports Network. Uh, Kevon Godwin has been a really good player for uh, for the Rams on the season. Uh, has been their, their leading scorer. Just a, a, you know, averaging uh, about almost 17 points per game. What's, uh, give us a little scouting report on what makes Godwin such a, a dangerous scoring threat for Angelo State. Yeah, he's one of those guys, he can, he can beat you on the dribble, he can beat you on the jump shot, he can beat you in a number of different ways. Now, the one thing about Godwin, in the LSE tournament final this past Sunday, uh, he actually left the game with a, a knee injury. And we're not, his kind of status is unknown for tomorrow, but he was third in the Lone Star Conference in scoring. He um, first team all-conference this year. Um, but he is one of those guys, if you see the bucket, he can do it. He, he's had a couple game-winning baskets on the final uh, possession of a game this year. So that's a kind of a big uh, storyline going into tomorrow night's game. And the other one that can light it up is the Reggie Quezada. He had 21 points against West Texas A&M. And this guy averaged about 30 in junior college. He was an All-American. So those two, Quezada and Godwin, are really the two playmakers that we need a basket for Angelo State. Jeremy Bryant with us today on the Team Sports Network. So if Godwin's out, can Quezada fill enough of that scoring void? Who else has to step up if, if Godwin can't go tomorrow night, Jeremy? Well, that's kind of what happened on Sunday. Uh, the Rams were down by 15 points without Godwin, and then Quezada and all, everyone really stepped it up on Sunday. And that's a game enough to do the story. Angelo State had a four-point lead over West Texas A&M with about 20 seconds left to play in the game. They foul a three-point attempt. Then it's a one-point game, and they throw the inbounds pass away in the next possession and, and really kind of wrap that last few seconds to West Texas. So they're It'd be interesting to see how the Rams bounce back because that was a heart-wrenching way to lose. Jeremy Bryant covers Angelo State, joining us today on the Team Sports Network. Talking about some of these the other players for Angelo State, uh, Jeremy, uh, we mentioned Godwin Quezada, how key they are. Uh, also, uh, you know, the fact that they're uh, such an outstanding defensive basketball team. Who's the, the, the guy off the bench, though, that, that tends to give this team a lift? The guy that's really the spark plug, he's kind of like, I guess you could say, the, the Dennis Rodman of the team, does all the dirty work. Uh, Freddie De La Cruz, he's very animated. He's the top one of the top rebounders in the Lone Star Conference. But he's feisty, we'll put it that way. Uh, De La Cruz, this is his second year, came over from UT Arlington a couple of years ago. But 
Uh, he, he's a guy that, you know, he'll, he'll get down in the trenches and go to work and uh, I think will give a lot of teams down on the post uh, a fit both on both sides of the floor. When we talk about how good they are defensively, is this a team that plays a lot of man, a lot of zone? What, what's been the, the recipe for their defensive success? Primarily man, but I, that's one thing I will say. Coach Patel, will, he will mix it up. I mean, they'll, you'll see a full-court press every once in a while. You'll see go 2-3 zone. You'll see man-to-man. Um, you know, Coach Patel's, like I said, old school. He, he's a guy that you, nowadays you see a lot of uh, coaches now in their the gym suits, you know, on the bench. He still wears the old-fashioned three-piece suit and everything else. And um, But, yeah, he will he will mix up defenses. And maybe that's, what, that's one reason why Angelo State's have so much success. Uh, but they will uh, lock – Primarily man-to-man defense, but they will mix things up. Hey, Jeremy, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on this morning. Appreciate you guys helping us out uh, with getting Corey uh, Owens to, to call the game tomorrow night as well. We really appreciate the time, and I'd like to say best of luck to Angelo State, but I just can't say that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't blame you, but it will be interesting to see. You know, Mesa, we mentioned Mesa and Angelo play each other, of course, in baseball. It feels like almost every year in the regionals or super regionals. But, you know, these two schools in men's basketball only played each other once, I think it's 2014. So this is kind of a new rivalry maybe in men's basketball. But, of course, I know Mesa's trying to get back to the regional finals just like last season. You know, Angelo State hasn't won an NCAA postseason game since 2016. So they're in a different uh, situation than Mesa is. So we'll see how things turn out. But I expect it to be a great game. I think it would be one of those games that come down to the last couple of minutes. Hey, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thanks, Jim. All right, Jeremy Bryant covers Angelo State. Appreciate uh, him coming on today. Uh, but it'll be Corey Owens who will have the call tomorrow night uh, right here on the team. Pre-game at 6.15, tip-off at 6.30 for that one uh, down in Canyon, Texas. All right, coming up next hour, we'll talk a little Nuggets basketball with the, uh, well, Chris Dempsey, who, uh, of course, covers the Nuggets for Altitude. Chris will join us coming up at 9.20 this morning. Uh, also, next hour, we'll, did we get a winner yet, by the way? We did. We will save that, put a pin in it for next hour, let you know who won for Where in the World is Tyler Franson. Text or call today, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Love to hear from you on this Friday, 970-242-1340. That's 970-242-1340.